0: Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy, we understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Feeling Dangerous podcast and Couch Guy Sports Network is happy to be sponsored
1: by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 100 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game.
2: Their formulas are designed to give you high energy boosts when you need it most. While avoiding the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to
3: www.shockedenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN. That's CGSN today for 10% off your entire order. Check out their green apple flavored box or even their watermelon flavored box. And don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right. Worldwide. Get your shocked energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back.
0: The Feeling Dangerous podcast here is brought to you by Exogun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let the pain and soreness slow you down. Exogun revives muscles, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it at work, the gym, the trail, and put the power percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. EXOGUN is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy.
1: What is percussion therapy?
0: Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid concentrated pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with EXOGUN. Get 10% off with the code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Get your exo gun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice.
3: When I woke up this morning, I was
0: feeling pretty dangerous. Monday here on the Feeling Dangerous podcast. Definitely a rough one after what we saw uh, from the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. I am Tyler Johnson. I am joined by a full crew as always: Jack Robinson, Zach DeFranco, and the producer Peter Knapp. Gentlemen, like I said, it's definitely um, it's a therapeutic day for us today. How are you guys doing?
1: Not too good, honestly. I'm right there with
2: you, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree we're going to get into it here very soon, but definitely a rough one for the Browns. And as always, this episode is brought to you by Jack Scott over at Newell by Anderson. They have been Ohio's window and patio door experts for 117 years and earned the J.D. Power Award for customer satisfaction. Just another reason to call Jack today at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. Gentlemen, there's no way, I mean, to say this really any other way the browns got blown out at home and looked truly awful on sunday as we lost to the card the undefeated arizona cardinals that are now 6 and 6 and fall to 3 and 3 the browns came out unprepared how the gate looked sluggish they didn't execute at all. I mean, on offense, you could you could see it, especially on the defensive side of the ball, too. Playing quarters defense and not being able to really contain an offense when they have third and 20. But anyway, um, they lost 37-14. to 14. We did not score in the second half. The interesting part to this game, the Cardinals were without their star pass rusher Chandler Jones. And their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, due due to the COVID protocols. And they were outcoached by Vance Joseph. The offense was unable to get anything going. Injuries have completely wrecked this team. And now the Browns, we're going to preview it later here, have another game Thursday night against the Broncos. So after yesterday's game, what is the thing right now that sticks out to you guys the most, either on the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball?
2: I think we've talked a lot on this show about how how injuries may or may not have been affecting Baker and – you got to give Baker credit in one sense that he—I mean—he played through some really tough. I mean, he he came back and and tried to, you know, and tried to uh, and tried to help his team out after a tough play yesterday. But but it's clear it's clear that Baker Mayfield is not physically healthy and he's struggling in terms of that. And on defense, it's it's clear to me that I think we saw on that one drive that the NFL doesn't know what penalties are and what penalties aren't. But number two. As a defense, unfortunately, you have to be able to adapt to horribly, you know, to horribly uh, called games and the way that the, and the way that they are calling games against defenses in the NFL today. And the Browns were the Browns were not able to adapt to the way the game was being called by the refs, and that's one thing that really hurt them on defense. Well, I
3: don't think it's just the refs because I, look, the, everyone can say that that the calls were bad. Joe Woods is not capable of coaching Little League, let alone actual professional football. This defense somehow has seemingly gotten worse, even than last year. And I don't know how they got worse when we got all of these great, talented players in free agency, or we, we signed them. I mean, it, it, everyone here, especially in this podcast thought that this was going to be uh, the time for Joe was really show us what he can do. And all he's shown us is that he can beat really bad teams with bad offensive lines and bad offenses. Um, but the second that there's a good team, he can't, he just doesn't know what to do. Th- there were so many plays in this game that set up the Browns for failure that it's actually difficult to, to describe all of them. I mean, you have A.J. Green, geriatric A.J. Green getting open, getting a touchdown in this game. You have DeAndre Hopkins, the best, if not one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL, getting wide open in zone coverage in the end zone for a five-yard touchdown. How or, does that happen, man? Or even worse, when he, uh, when you have DeAndre Hopkins on a 10-yard screen, breaking three tackles and getting into the end zone. Now, look, there's injuries, and I get that. But if your guys can't tackle, they can't run a zone defense, they can't be disciplined enough to to let guys get wide open, play after play after play, if you get blown up on a third and 21 for a touchdown, I'm sorry, there's something wrong here. And, As much as I want to put the blame on the players for execution, this comes down to scheme, this comes down to discipline, and guess who's in charge of that? That's Joe Woods. Something needs to be done.
0: Yeah, man, and I completely agree with you there. The thing that's really bothering me today is Grant Delpit playing nine snaps. That's just – I don't understand how he's one of the top playmakers on this defense that we've seen these last couple weeks and the guy's barely getting on the field. You can't have the breakdown in coverages that we're seeing. You had – I get the penalties, okay, on that one drive – Uh, I believe it was either the first or second drive of the game for the Cardinals. That was ridiculous. And I'll admit, the refs, they didn't get any better. They actually got worse, and I need replacement refs back. When it comes down to it, you have this team third and long. You can't give up 20-yard passes, and it's the same play every single time. It's quarters coverage. All you have to do is just be in your right zone, and there's nobody on DeAndre Hopkins. That's the one guy that you should actually be double teaming, but you're not even you're not even single coveraging on DeAndre Hopkins. And it blows my mind there. You can't defend Joe Woods anymore. He has all the weapons that he could possibly have at his disposal. And this defense has to figure it out. Miles Garrett says it's, miscommunic- it's um, miscommunication on defense. John Johnson III, who has just been a complete bust to this point, is coming out and saying, it's really just the overall execution. So which is it? John Johnson's the one calling signals on this defense. So what's the issue? Like, because they have to get it figured out, and they have to get it figured out quick because you have a game on Thursday night. So, for me, the defensive side also has to improve. Zach, where are you at right now? Because, well, obviously, we'll get into the offense next, and there's a lot to go over there.
1: I'm I'm just all over the place because I'm just so confused with what's going on right now in Cleveland. Uh, I gated the offense side of the ball. Tackles are hard to come by, and we have both of them out right now with a quarterback that's playing with a torn labrum with no running back one and then your running back two who could be a running back one goes out it's tough and and no jarvis so like can we really even fully blame this offense this offense is not a shell of itself right now
0: see that's tough for me man because i and i I get it without your top two tackles it's definitely going to affect what you do on offense but man there's just basic execution that they're not having and I go back to Jake Burns, uh, great, great uh, mm-hmm. guest that we had from the OBR. Does film breakdown um, every single week? There's a play. Kareem Hunt, Baker Mayfield um, gives it to Kareem Hunt. OBJ is coming around for a reverse, and it looks like Kareem Hunt said, a pitch it to OBJ like he's supposed to. Just takes it, and Baker yeah. is out in front of OBJ, and there is even not Hudson a soul looked like he was
1: trying to. Even Hudson looked like he was, you know running in the in the way of going to black Four OBJ on that play, and OBJ would have been just gone. He probably would have went untouched. Exactly, man.
0: And it's basic execution just like that. It's not working. And then Baker's interception, that was, that was obviously a miss, though, for sure. But it makes you wonder, was there a miscommunication there, too? Because that yeah. throw was just so off. This offense has not looked remotely close to what we saw last year. And the injuries are definitely uh, – a factor here. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind when you're using Blake Hans and James Hudson as your tackles, you're screwed right there, but also mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield clearly is hurt. And there's no one on this offense that right now, I mean, Kareem Hunt's hurt. Nick Chubb, everybody is hurt right now. I, it's kind of hard to be optimistic, but again, the good news is we do play on Thursday. I, I mean, so Jack, what are your thoughts on the offense right now too? Like, what do we do? I, I mean, really, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure because
3: We all expected it to be a little bit harder to run the ball without Nick Chubb, but obviously Kareem Hunt's really good. And yet we still kind of struggled to get the run game going, even though it was effective. Stefanski didn't use it a lot. Like he was getting, like, I'm pretty sure Kareem Hunt averaged like five yards per carry. OBJ got pretty decent targeting, but then we don't target our tight ends at all. I mean, obviously, Austin Hooper dropped a couple of crucial passes, so so that's understandable. But, I mean, David Njoku goes off for a career day the, last week, and then we don't use him at all. Yeah. Um, DPJ has two touchdowns in this game, but he only gets five targets overall and isn't really targeted at all in the second half. I, I'm not. I just don't really understand what we're trying to do as an offense at all. I don't know what our offensive identity is when we're not ahead. And that's really kind of the question mark is that when we're ahead, we can run the ball and we can kind of control the game. But when we're behind, we just don't really seem to have any offensive identity at all. And it, it's yeah. kind of hard to identify it because it just doesn't seem like Stefanski really
0: even knows either. And from when I'm seeing the film that Jake Burns is breaking down, Sam Penix, some of these other guys, the plays are there to be made. And we're truly just not executing on offense. It's not what Coach Stefanski is calling that isn't working. It looks like the players aren't executing when they're on the field. The fourth down play calls that people are starting to get upset about in that position right there, kicking a field goal isn't getting you much closer. Like we, I mean, we look back; it's two field goals. I mean, you would have twenty. You would have twenty points instead of fourteen. Okay, at the end of the day, it doesn't make much of a difference. The play calls are there. I mean, and they're not executing. There's a play Baker Mayfield's looking to Rashard Higgins right away like he's supposed to be open. Higgins has no separation, and James Hudson already gave up the sack. So, I mean, like, the players seriously aren't executing what's being called at this point. You're without Chubb. You're without Hunt. You might be without OBJ. You're without Jarvis Landry. You might be without Baker Mayfield. I I don't know what this offense is supposed to do at this point. Kevin Stefanski, people want to get on him for the fourth down calls. I think he's actually – The play calling this week I thought was actually really good. The execution wasn't there by any means necessary. And when Baker Mayfield's back there running for his life, I don't know what you're wanting him to do
1: at that point. I I mean, Baker's not going to have – I'm not even going to say like I'm not here defending Baker. Obviously, he still has to play better, but he has no time to even – settle and go through his reads I feel like he feels like he has to just get it off instantly as soon as the ball snapped because he really has no time to sit back there in that pocket and when it comes down to
0: ba- Baker Mayfield I-, I completely agree he has to play better there's no doubt about that but when I see people on Twitter saying Case Keenum yesterday gives us a better chance to win you really have to like help me understand that because Case Keenum's less mobile he's less accurate He he's not that great of a court I mean he's a decent backup yeah but you think Case Keenum's going to go out there with both offense, both your offensive tackles down, without Nick Chubb, and he's going to go out there and light up the scoreboard and get us win us that game? You're you're just wrong. Like you're saying, he plays bake better than Baker in that game. I, I don't see it. I don't because I think Case Keenum gets sacked at least eight times in that game. Yeah, <laughs> Baker Mayfield yeah. at least avoided some of them.
2: The the one. Yeah. Th- the one thing i'll say about your your point about the play calls and and the and the fourth downs i would tend to agree with you that that in that situation and in the overall game you know three points doesn't doesn't help you that much but i think i think psychologically when you're when you're struggling you know when you're struggling the way this offense was struggling i think psychologically a uh, you know three three points you know, three points can be a lot bigger than three points would normally be if you're struggling to move the ball um, nearly as effectively, like you know, like this offense was. On one hand, I don't blame Kevin Stefanski for those fourth down calls, but I, but on the other hand, I say to myself, I, I mean, you got to kind of understand the psychological state of your team, and at that time, I kind of felt like. Three points is, is is more psychologically helpful to this team right now, given given the way they're moving the ball, than than, than going for than than going for it on fourth down.
0: i yeah,
3: no, I'm sorry, see, one of you guys. See, here, here's the thing. I actually agree with that. I think that in in, in many cases, pl- the a lot of coaches try to be really smart and they try to use the analytics and they try to say, well. You're you're more likely to win the game if you go on fourth down and convert, and that's just uh, obviously a fact. If you have more chances to play the play, uh, you know, have possession of the ball, you're going to more more than likely win the majority of the time. The issue is is that obviously the Browns have an issue with converting on fourth down. They're only five of twelve, and on a, a third of the of the times they drop back on fourth down, Baker gets sacked. Obviously, there's an issue with the way that they're covering it with the play selection. And it hasn't gotten better over the course of six games. So either they need to fundamentally change the way that they go for fourth downs, or they need to stop going for fourth downs, because it just doesn't really seem to be working at the pace that we would want them to. I mean, it's not like they're, they're, they're getting them every other time. It's it's not really a good percentage.
0: I would, I'm would. i still going for it. I'm going to be, because again, if you're going back and looking at these, and I'm seeing people that are, the play is there. Like, it's there. It's not, he's still... You can't be afraid to not go for it, though, in that situation. And then eventually, if you start settling for some of those field goals when you're that close to the when you're that close to the end zone, in some cases, fans are going to wonder why you're not going for it. Mm-hmm. You have to try and find a happy medium there. I agree. We shouldn't go for it in every fourth down. And I get the psychological aspect, but these players are being paid millions of dollars. You have to go out there and execute. The play is called for you to succeed. And there are so many plays on these fourth downs that are there. But every single time Baker's dropping back, somebody's not blocking. And then he's just getting sacked and there's nothing he can do about it. Like, I, I definitely get what you guys are saying from a psychological aspect of it. At the same time, like, the, the play is there. I don't know what more... If the play wasn't there, I can understand that. But when we've gone for a fourth down, the play has been there to be made. It really has been every single time. It's either been a drop, or on the ones we haven't converted, it's been a drop, or it's been just getting sacked, like every time, and there's been no in between. Or they convert it, the ones that they have converted. Because at the beginning of the year, we weren't complaining about them going for it mm-hmm. because they were actually doing it at a very effective rate.
2: True. It's always easy to second guess things when when it doesn't work out. That's true. I just feel like I I just feel like at any level, and and you're right, these guys are professionals. They're paid millions of dollars to execute. I just feel like at any level, a coach. In addition to looking at the analytics, a coach has to read the room, so to speak. In other words, lo- look at look at what your team has been able to do and has not been able to do, and just find just find some just find some way to give your to give your team a little boost of of confidence. And I, I mean, of course, they could have missed the, the field goal if they tried the field goal, but I think th- I think three points there would have helped in the psychological game. And like I said, I know. Again, these guys. These, you're right. These guys. Are, these guys are, are professionals, but um, you know. But there are you know there are a lot of questions now as, as we've as we've talked about. Um, but I but I would just say looking at this looking looking at this from from uh, the, you know the thirty five thousand foot view right now. I think this short week, this Thursday nighter, couldn't come at a better time. I mean, you don't want to dwell on this. Uh, you don't want, and we'll talk about yeah. this, this this offensive performance. You don't want to dwell on a game like this for too long, and so that that's why I think I think it's great that we're playing on Thursday this week as opposed to another week.
1: I don't know, man. Because with all the injuries brutal. you got going on, yeah, with all the injuries you got going on, this is just going to be tough.
0: Zach, and to go along with that too, man. The thing that I don't understand, and Jack hit it on it earlier. Did David and Joku do something that we don't know about? Like, how does he go from having the best game of his career to not being featured in the offense? Is that game
1: plan? Like, I, what is that? I, I, uh, no, because if it's game plan, no, no, I don't. I'm sick of hearing that. Because if it's game plan, then you game plan your stars in the game plan. Like, it's it's simple. You don't just keep them out of it and make, create less weapons for your quarterback. Like, that, that wouldn't make any sense to me. That if, if if it was game planning, like, so just don't use tight ends at all this week.
0: No, what I'm saying, though, is well, that, that, they, they want to try though. and get Austin Hooper the ball more, though. But did we? He touched the ball more than David Njoku on that first drive, especially. I don't know why Austin Hooper is, he should be third string tight end. He's done nothing. I, I mean, David Njoku should be tight end one.
1: Harrison Bryant tight end two. We're, Austin not Hooper tight Hooper, we're not paying Hooper tight end three money. So that's not going to happen.
0: I mean, if he's not playing well enough, that doesn't justify starting him in my mind.
1: Uh, I don't know, man. You, you already—I don't know—he already paid the guy. You gotta. Like, I think after this year, it'll be a different story, though. Yeah, I understand. To, to, yeah, go ahead. Jeff. I
3: understand wanting to use the weapons that you have available to you. Obviously, Baker is very comfortable sure. with Austin Hooper. They work out in Austin together during the offseason. and like they—they—they they, they seem to have. Decent chemistry and they want this. That's why they won so many plays for him The issue is is that a lot of these plays don't generate a lot of offense They're they're relatively safe like short short passing plays or just out routes to try to get first downs But what we don't need just like these short plays We need some someone like Najoka who can stretch the field who can like catch those kind of 50 50 balls Whoa. and we need to be able to utilize his athleticism and especially when Austin Hooper isn't even able to catch these, these easy passes. I mean, I just don't understand why the offense just do, do, doesn't want to utilize the, the talent it has at what it's best at and just tries to kind of go back to this kind of conservative play calling. Yeah,
1: but uh, my, another thing I'd point on is it's, it's a new wave of kind of tight ends in the league now. Like, they're, they're becoming more and more athletic. You got your Darren Wallers, you got your Kyle Pitts, you know, people like you want to have Najoku on the field. To stress the field, like you said, Jack. You you want that. Hooper's he's kind of predictable, man. He's he can run a block for you, and he can be one of those old school tight ends who's gonna catch you know a six-yard pass and fall right to the ground. Like, you know, that's just what it is. So, yeah. No, I mean that really is
0: what, and that's why I think still Harrison Bryant's a better option than Austin Hooper. Harrison yeah. Bryant seems yeah. more athletic. athletic. Yeah, yeah. And the only reason to me, I feel like Austin Hooper is got paid the way he did, that Atlanta offense had Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and he was like the third guy there. Yeah. I mean, when they were firing on all cylinders, they still had Devonta Freeman. I think that's the only reason even Austin Hooper made that kind of money. And I'm not trying to say that Austin Austin Hooper's not a great player, but something about him in this offense isn't working. And that brings me to my next point, guys. Mm -hmm. We have to discuss it because we do every single week. Odell Beckham Jr., I, I mean, he did have some decent numbers, I mean, against, against the Cardinals on Sunday, five catches, 79 yards, um, almost 16 yards per catch, and he was targeted eight times. He was the highest graded uh, Browns player for a 90.3 by pro football focus. But the question has to be asked. It looks like when OBJ is a big part of the game plan – this offense struggles. We, we can we can set we can keep saying it. I mean, of course, their first year together they had Freddie Kitchens. OBJ got hurt midway through last year, but at some point, when does that start becoming enough? And we say that maybe. Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. just don't mesh well because I I think eventually we have to get to that point because the numbers speak for themselves when Odell's on the field and when Odell's off the field and when Odell went off the field Baker marched the Browns right down the field and they scored a touchdown and then after that it seemed like we pretty much struggled with OBJ on the field Baker has a 68.7 quarterback rating without he has a 90.7 well, what 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 do you think it
1: is Tyler? What, what do what, I think? What, yeah, what do you think the issue is between them I, two? I
0: think Baker just tries I, I think when when OBJ's on the field, and I know they have a good relationship outside of football. Like they look like they're friends and that's awesome. When they're on the field together, Baker has it in his head that he has to get OBJ a certain amount of touches or else OBJ's not going to be happy about it. I truly have that in my mind. Do you think that's game planning? Huh? Do you think that's bad game planning too? A part of me does think that because you don't want to force anybody the football. I don't care
1: who it is. Do you think Stefan's is trying to avoid a, a Stefan Diggs situation right now?
0: I, I honestly think he is. Yeah. And I do. I like OBJ. I do <laughs> man. But in some cases, things don't mesh players mm-hmm. don't mesh together. And I think I that's just, really one of these. I scenarios. just don't,
1: I just don't see us trading him this year. And I don't even think Odell's a problem in general. I just don't think it's working out. I think there's uh, just, look, I, I, don't, I
3: don't, I don't understand how, a, a wide receiver and a quarterback can't get on the same page. They, there are so many things that go that can go right with this te- with this team, and a lot of it is tied to this relationship. And I mean, we even saw it during the game. There were so many times where where o- Odell Beckham like cut, got into space and got the ball, and like everyone was like excited because it was just it it, it looked just so easy and like just flawless the thing is is that it's just so hot and cold it happens and then all of a sudden we go a whole like two series and and obj's not even on the field or he's not even getting the, getting targeted or, or nothing's happening I mean there were a couple of times where OB where obj got open and Baker just missed him I, I just don't know if whether I should be we should be blaming Baker for this or obj for it because I, I don't know if it's either of their faults I- I- implicitly but like I, I just don't know if if getting wit if saying that it's all because obj's on the field is really the answer because it doesn't even seem like it's just because of OBJ. It almost seems like it's just compiling on top of the fact that Baker is just being uncomfortable in the pocket and isn't able to really make the throws that we were all expecting him to make.
0: Uh, part of me agrees with that, man. But again, and I agree with you because Baker has looked uncomfortable this year. Part of it's because of the offensive line. Part of it's injury and, af- and afraid of re-injuring that shoulder. But, I mean, again, the numbers speak for themselves. When OBJ is not on the field, Baker Mayfield's a different quarterback. I mean, look at what he did his rookie year with Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, and Brashard Perriman as his main receivers. Again, that was his rookie year, but even last year after OBJ goes down, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, DPJ as a rookie, he was the top four quarterback in the league. Yeah. At some point, I don't think we can say that we just have to give it, like we have to give it time, they'll figure it out. At some point, you got to pull the plug, and I agree. OBJ will be here this year. He will.
1: Yeah. But after that,
0: man, I don't know how you can justify bringing this back again Mm -hmm. because it's clear it's not working for whatever. And I don't think it's necessary. It's not OBJ's fault. I don't think it's Baker's fault either. There's just that. There's that pressure. I feel like though that he has to be given the ball, and sometimes it, it happens in all kinds of sports. Well, Players the, just don't mesh.
1: The stuff I love though, seeing is like that fourth and two and that fourth and three that Baker trusts to give the ball to OBJ in those situations. But now we're seeing OBJ not catch the ball in those situations. You're telling me, I'm sorry, Jarvis is not missing that fourth and three even, even with the contact. Jarvis is holding that ball through contact. I think Higgins he, is holding that ball through contact. Possibly, man. Yeah. I mean, I just know I can trust Jarvis to hold onto that ball through contact nine times out of 10. And again, we're We're OBJ fans. I am a hundred percent, dude. I I actually defended OBJ yesterday all day with my family. My family was saying, trade him. I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. I just wish it was going to work out. It's just, I'm kind of coming to the reality that something's just not going to fit right there. So,
0: yeah. And you can't, and if something's broke, you don't keep, you don't keep going with it. And it just seems Mm -hmm. like that's right now. That's what this is at. And, once Jarvis Landry comes back, it's going to be a huge addition to this offense, regardless of who's at quarterback. But that's, again, you got to then get him the ball. And I don't think Jarvis is one of those guys that demands the football. Like, he's going to complain nope, about not he, getting the but, but
1: he attracts the football, man. Yeah. He's, he's just one of those players. He's just – yeah, he's, he's great for a locker room. I, I want to see Jarvis here long-term regardless. So
0: – Yeah. No, I I do too, and I I think after this year that's going to end up being the case. It just looks like to me, and I want your guys' thoughts on this, in the past, and I don't believe this is the case here, but it's something I did want to discuss because I saw some uh, Jared Mueller from Browns Wire bring it up. This type of game that we see the Browns have in some cases, and we've seen it in years past, when a game like this happens, there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Do you guys think there's something going on that we don't know? Whether that be like a players-only meeting, um, guys starting to point the finger at one another. Do you guys think something's going on? Because we do have a lot of personalities in that locker
2: room right now. I don't necessarily think there was uh, there was any sort of big turmoil before this game. But I think, but I, th- but I think going into the game on Thursday, I th- I think there will be a a players-only meeting because the big picture of this, it's like. Look, this team is three and three at this point, and this is sort of this is sort of the, the crossroads. We still have an opportunity to be the team, you know, to be the team that we expected to be when the season began. But but we better, but we better come out and look strong on Thursday, even with the injuries. And so I think I think there are certainly um, there's, there's certainly going to be a players only meeting and some. And some very tough uh, private discussions uh, this week. I, I don't think I don't think necessarily there was before this week, but I think I think uh, yesterday was a wake up call.
1: The thing is, I don't she I don't know because I don't think Stefanski has lost control of that locker room at all. I just I feel don't like either I just feel like they're fighting adversity and they're just you know going through it. I think this is going to show what kind of coach Stefanski is, you know, in his second season here, but. If they do have player only meetings, I think it's a okay it's time to step step up kind of meetings, not oh, okay, Stephanie's not doing this, Joe woods isn't doing this, so i don't I don't think we have that kind of locker room no and I and I didn't mean from like oh, I'm not saying you did I'm not saying oh, okay. you did i'm just I'm just kind of <laughs> you know saying in general, I don't think that's no. what it would be, so don't worry about that you
0: know? no, yeah, and Again, man, it's overall just a very tough situation. I, I Again, we are the way I look at it, and I told people this too. Yesterday was bad, and there's no way getting around it. We're three and three with every single goal to play for
1: right now. I know. like one division losing, game, losing two in a row though, and watching what the Ravens did to the Chargers on Sunday, it's tough. You know, because we, we, we're we're we were talking about us like we're one of those top teams right now. I'm not really sure what to say because. It's looking kind of rough.
2: Yeah, are we are we a lot further behind uh, the the other top two teams in the division than we thought no. we were?
1: No, we're really not though. <laughs> no, I think we have a really good division though in football. But no, I honestly, I think I think the Bengals are moving too fast. I think they're going to hit something soon, and then I don't know. I think the Browns' back half season could still be better. It just depends on our roster and what it looks like because we have hit an injury bug once again at the worst time. So. Just got to bounce back and get healthy. Before, of course, we do turn the page on the
0: Browns and Cardinals and move on to our um, Browns and Broncos Thursday night preview. It was a rough week overall, but who is your window of opportunity player from last week? Presented by Jack Scott, Renewal by Anderson. For me, uh, it's definitely Donovan Peoples-Jones. Absolutely amazing performance, and to me, what we saw was a breakout game for him. Four catches, 101 yards. 25 yards per catch, two touchdowns. Of course, he did have that Hail Mary reception, but – DPJ also just made some plays that show he needs to get the ball more in this offense
3: yeah just copy paste it I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I,
0: I, I, there, there, there really wasn't anything good to
1: Lagerism
0: say Jack. There,
3: there, there were basically no no other players that I could really point to and say they did a really good job I other know, than DPJ but... sucks to say but that's kind of it there, there, he was kind of like the bright spot of the whole of the whole night and uh I, I mean yeah he's I think that he's probably the uh the he, he has to be the the player of opportunity this week
1: who do I go with here? I You're
3: allowed see. to triple
0: up, man. Like, <laughs> no, There wasn't a whole lot of bright spots from this game. I'm just being honest.
1: There really wasn't. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Until that injury, Kareem Hunt was carrying that whole offense. So, I mean, yeah, he was doing pretty good. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. I hope he gets better, man. This, that sucks. Yeah, that's, that's, a, huge, huge, that's a huge loss. Pete, who is it for you? I don't want be- to be DPJ or Hunt. Let's make it fun. <laughs>
2: Oh my God! <laughs> Jeez, um,
1: that doesn't help, man. Yeah. I'm just yeah, kidding, Do Do you want it
2: It doesn't. I'll put it this way: the window of opportunity player for the Cardinals was the referees. Um, but, oh. I, but I, but I, but again, there really isn't much you can say except DPJ. So I, I, I don't. Yeah. I'll switch okay. mine. I'll switch mine. That, that, that way we can have two
3: DPJs in one. I'll, I'll say the window of opportunity uh, was Joe Woods because he gave the the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> offense so many opportunities to score? Oh, it was absolutely God. incredible. I don't I don't know how some guy, one and, person, could could, a, could absolutely just give a, an entire team so many points for free. I mean, incredible, right. incredible. A wide open,
2: with- a wide open window. That's for sure. All right, this is just depressing <laughs> once
1: again. Oh, you need we need some new windows from Jack Scott, Joe Woods, and that is our uh,
2: window
0: of <laughs> opportunity players from the Browns and Cardinals. When we come back, we're going to preview the Browns and Broncos on Thursday Night Football next on the Feeling Dangerous Podcast. This episode of the Feeling Dangerous
3: Podcast is brought to you by Jack Scott over at Renewal by Anderson. They've been Ohio's window and patio door experts for over 117 years and earned the J.D. Power Award for customer satisfaction.
0: 20% off your entire project, nothing down, no payments for 12 months after installation if you call Jack Scott today at 440-226-6224. If you call and say you're feeling dangerous, an additional 200 $250 off your installation price be sure to call jack scott today at 440-226-6224 and
3: when i woke up this morning i was feeling pretty dangerous
0: and welcome back to the feeling dangerous podcast gentlemen we have turned the page and very quickly it's monday night the browns are playing on thursday night football this week the denver broncos come to town Mm-hmm. the once three and0 Denver Broncos it's it's in Cleveland that's the good news the browns for the first time this year will be wearing uh brown and orange the brown jersey with orange pants so spooky <laughs> hey Halloween for you yeah. uh, was like and, pumpkins. <laughs> oh man but so the question guys we're three and three a lot of adversity going on right now is this where the browns bounce back do you think on Thursday night or is this where the season could start to unravel a little bit? I mean, uh, overall, do you think it's a must-win for the Browns?
1: Must-win, must-win, definitely. And here's the thing, though: both teams are looking at this game as a must-win. The Broncos did start the season off three and zero. They're 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 pissed off. The Browns were three and one. They're pissed off. It is a must-win for both teams.
3: This is a gotta-have-it game. Like this is this isn't a must-win game in terms of like the records. In terms of like. If we go three and four, I, I still think that we still technically have a chance to make the playoffs if we if we go into, you know, obviously into the game with Pittsburgh and then we go into Baltimore and, and then our bye week. Like, there's still a chance that we can kind of salvage the season. But this is just a – we got to have this, this game just for the mental state of the players and for the mental state of really just – even everyone on this podcast. I mean, this is a game where you just need to come out and you need to prove to yourself that that game last week, it was not indicative of your entire – uh, team because this we need to really
0: just set the tone and really just kind of
3: get back on track. And that's really why this game is so important.
0: I'm not going to say it's a must win, but I'm going to agree with you, Jack there. You, you kind of, t- you took the word. I mean, that's you have, this is a game that you really need to have. You can go three and four, you get 10 days off, get some guys um, healed up here. Hopefully our offensive tackles and you're able to tackle the rest of your season before the bye week. But if you can get to four and three, I have to admit, if we can get the four and three right now, at the state of our roster with all the injuries we have, I actually feel really good about our chances the rest of the year. If, if you get to, if you get to four and three, that's going to, and it's going to be a tough game in Cleveland. Of course, I, I have to re, I have to read it. It's going to take um, a minute here, but the injury report is long, um, not just for the Browns, <laughs> but with the Broncos. Uh, this is if. They did practice today. The Broncos would be without Garrett Bowles, their tackle, Baron, without Baron Browning. Alexander Johnson has been ruled out for the year. He's one of their linebackers. And they just lost another one of their starting linebackers out for the year. Um, Andre Mintz, an outside linebacker, wouldn't have practiced, and another outside linebacker is wouldn't have practiced today as well. Jeez. Bit Bridgewater would have been limited. Noah font limited, Melvin Gordon limited. So they have the Broncos have many injuries too. Not to mention Jerry Judy's on IR, um, Bradley Chubb's on IR. So the Broncos are decimated with injuries too. And then on the Brown side of things, guys, yeah, the yeah,
1: because I, I don't care about the Broncos. Go on.
0: Yeah, well, for the sake for the, for <laughs> okay, the sake I'm
1: of
0: kidding, the I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, hey man, for the sake of the preview, that's honestly the only reason I brought it up. But anyway, thirty seven percent of the Browns um, active roster. Would have been on the injury report today. My so, gosh. That includes, this is now again, these are projections. So, uh, do not did not practice Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Chubb, Jack Conklin, AJ Green, Kareem Hunt, Baker Mayfield, uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, Malcolm Smith, JC Tredder, Jedrick Wills. Limited practice participants, Mac Wilson, who don't know how that's possible, dude, don't even play. Uh, Mac Wilson, David Njoku. Attack McKinley, Malik Jackson, and today uh, being clowny.
2: Can you just read who did practice? Stefanski
0: <laughs> so so and Keenum. Yep, that's about it. But so, guys, we have an injury situation. I, I mean, there's there's no way to put it. So, your coach Stefanski, how do you tackle this week? I mean, like, really, do you – because you obviously have to find a way to practice, but how are you going to practice when the
1: majority of your guys are hurt? So tell in me in what you guys are doing. You practice in a bubble, okay? You just <laughs> Man, stay away I'm from sure. each other. <laughs> I, I don't distance instead. said bubble.
3: <laughs> I don't <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, other than if you, you – you might just have to do the really weird no-pads – walk through everything at like slow motion, like, like, (laughs) like, I just don't know how you can possibly get any actual practice in when, when your guys are all this hurt. Now, obviously the Browns, you know, they, they they don't obviously need a super intense practice session. I mean, they, they went a couple of, of weeks, uh, last, last year, not having any practice at all. And they were still able to perform pretty good. Um, I, I honestly I I don't know how if they really even need to do any sort of like super intense practice but they do obviously need to watch film they they need to figure out what their issues are they they're going to need to figure something out before this game on Thursday if they want any chance to really you know ha- get the win that they are so desperately need. Yeah. Here, here
1: here's what I think. I think Monday is your rehab film practice, Tuesday is your practice, Wednesday is your film a little bit of practice you know walkthroughs and then thursday you go for the game because with what the list you know tyler just read i'm not gonna make him do it again but with the list he just read man that's insane that's insane because i'm hearing like obj's already listed as questionable baker might need surgery that could be terrible it's just just looking tough i'm i'm just nervous we talking about practice man what are we talking about Practice. We're talking about practice,
0: and kind of like along what you guys are saying there. At this point, and we talked about it earlier. Execution's been a huge point of emphasis for this offense that we're really lacking. The worst thing in the world (laughs) wouldn't be just straight up walkthroughs at this point. I mean, everybody's hurt. At least going, being able to walk through, get the get the reads done that you need to get done, get on the same page. Like these couple of days, that might be what this is able to be used for because you're not going to have many guys that are going to be able to practice this week. And quite honestly, the majority of those guys on those on that report might not even practice all week. I, I mean, because if the, you even want some of them to play on Thursday night, that's really where you're at with this team. That could be kind of a blessing in disguise. Have, if you could just have like three straight days of walkthroughs and film, see see what you got to dress Because like Stavansky said, I mean, we're just, they're not executing
1: yeah.
0: and there's no better way to really, work on that than walkthroughs. That's really what I would say there for sure. And, of course, the Broncos are in turmoil right now, too. They've lost three in a row. Teddy Bridgewater's come back down to earth a little bit through three picks last game. They're without Jerry Judy. And, really, this team is battling a lot of injuries as well. So the Broncos are having their own issues. If you can somehow come out, you still have Demetrik Felton, Dearness Johnson, you'll have John Kelly. Uh, I'm sure that they'll bring out from the practice squad. So you have three yes, running sir. backs that are more than – they're not cream hunting Nick Chubb, of course. No one else is.
1: But these guys are more than capable. Well, I mean, the, the Ravens lost their running backs before the season even started. They don't have an excuse right now. The Browns got to have an X-Men up mentality. I think they will. I like Kelly, man. If he, if he can come up and play, I, I would love to watch him on Thursday night too. For you guys – what are your keys to this game on Thursday night? Stay healthy. I mean, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't, don't, don't have anyone else get hurt. But I mean, if anything, it has to be you got to get pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, mm-hmm. their, their offensive line is very strong. Hopefully, Javion Clowney can play um, because honestly, at this point, our secondary is kind of banged up. Our secondary is kind of suspect. Joe Woods is suspect in general. So <laughs> if they can just please. Just let just not have Teddy get have a time to, to throw the ball. I would that that's really the only thing that I can see. I mean I I I'm not worried that much about their one game. Their one game's kind of inconsistent with uh with Melvin Gordon and Jamal Williams. Uh not Jamal Williams, uh I don't remember who their other running back is. Javante Javante Williams Williams, I'm sorry, the other Williams. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I'm not that that worried about them, obviously. But I just don't want to. I, I don't want to see Teddy Bridgewater connect with with guys like Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick because obviously those guys can 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 get open and can. And considering our scheming, I, I, they might have a career. Isn't
1: is
0: Judy possibly back this week? He's not. There's less no. than a fifty percent chance.
2: My key to the game, really, especially on offense. I mean, because we know what we know what the keys. On defense, I mean, there are a lot of keys on defense because we haven't played very good defense at all recently. But on offense, I would say the key is how how effective is that running game going to be able to be? With uh, I assume uh, you're going to have a uh, uh, who Ernest uh, De, Johnson at running running back. I mean
1: it's Johnson Felton and if Kelly gets called up Kelly too out. Yeah, yeah. John Kelly too. Yeah,
2: so so my key to this game is that that running game is gonna need to show out. Um even you know, even with um even with those guys in the game, that that running game is gonna need to have a big game, take some pressure off Baker and really move this offense forward. Um uh, if the Browns wanna have a chance to win on Thursday night.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, com- yeah, completely agree with you. But I mean, Zach, you're right. I mean, stay healthy. That's definitely the yeah. key. I it's mean, few, no... it's
1: probably the biggest one.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it's the key. If that was soft. man, I wish there was a way to control that. But for me, you Turn have to own into...
1: sliders, man.
0: <laughs> man, I wish this was mad right now. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it comes to trades as well. Like, like a lot of Browns fans seem oh, to think yeah, that we can yeah, just. Yeah, anyway, that we can, that, uh, that uh, NFL really works like Madden. But anyway, for me, you have to get pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. This defensive line has been the most consistent unit all season. So find a way to get pressure on Teddy Bridgewater with your front four. That Broncos running game is very underrated with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. And the, the Broncos do have weapons. I mean, of course, they're still without Jerry Judy, without KJ Hamler. You still have Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Font. Noah, um, Font. So – they have a de- they have a decent amount of weapons on offense. You just can't give Teddy Bridgewater time to find them. And I need Grant Delpit to play more. I, I don't understand. Grant Delpit can, is probably a guy who can create more plays than anybody else on this defense right now as far
1: as in okay. the back end of the secondary. I don't know why he's not playing. Can anyone answer this for me? So like, like we said earlier, David Njoku has a career game, then he's just silenced, right? Not silenced, just not used, right? Delpit is being, you know, a very big piece of your defense with like you know athleticism you know all that kind of stuff but then we just don't play him we play him nine snaps on defense is he hurt now again like what what is going on why why do we use players stop using players why can't we just show consistency with our stars
0: i i I truly don't know how to answer that i I don't know what the thought process is because it's the
1: most head-scratching thing to me because it's like you want these guys to be out there if they're going to be able to make plays like that consistently
0: that's why I wonder if and again, man, I, I wonder if there's something more to this than what we're not being told. Because I don't I, I don't understand that. I, I don't because David Njoku well, needs to be getting the ball more. Like, and yeah. I'm not saying force it to him, but he has to be on the field more. And same with Grant Delpit. I mean, these are two key guys to this team, and they're just non existent this week because they weren't playing. That's why it seriously makes you wonder if oh. there's more if there's more to it than what we're being told. As yeah. far as whether there's issues that we don't know, like, like issues they're having, or um, maybe mistakes they're making in practice, whatever it might be. Because there's something we're missing here. There's no reason why two guys this talented shouldn't be seeing the field. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) And I don't know. On an offense, obviously, it's execution. You have to find a way to get on the same page this week, whether that's with Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, you have to find a way. I I don't know how how you do that so quickly. Again, walkthroughs, that'll help. But it comes down to you Just you need guys to make plays too. And DPJ is one of those guys, and I think he needs to be featured more
1: in this offense for, for the Browns um, to, mm-hmm. to win goal yeah. forward. I feel like he's going to continue to progress and be one of our best wide receivers on the team. So definitely want to see that too. But I want to see some more Felton this week, man. Oh, thank I- you for saying it. Yes, I want to see some more Felton this week. That dude is a – when he has the ball in his hand, watch out. He's one of those playmakers. I feel like he's going to be – kind of able to take the tension off of, you know, no Hunt and no Chubb. Obviously, they're irreplaceable, that duo. But Felton is a playmaker, so get the ball in the hands. Yeah, man, get the ball, Demetrik
0: Felton. And I'm glad
1: you mentioned that, too, because I do have a
0: lot of injuries and by, and players on the bye this week in Dynasty, but I am starting Demetrik Felton.
1: so Yeah, let's there you get go. The, hey, good vibes. Let's get that I, touchdown. I put in a claim for him, dude. We'll see if I get him. <laughs> I need a running back this week. What are your predictions for this
0: week? It's a short week for both teams, of course. Both teams are – I'll be honest, they're sliding right now. Both teams are. Um, After really poor performances, the Raiders really took it to the Broncos. They won 34-24. And if it wasn't for Denver scoring 14 in the fourth quarter, the Broncos would have lost by even more. So Mm. both teams are struggling. It's going to be a night game Thursday night in Cleveland. What are you guys yeah. expecting? What's your predictions?
3: I don't see this game really being high scoring at all. I mean, we've got Baker Mayfield, who he's obviously banged up, and he's going to be limited in what he can do if he's even going to play. We still have to figure out what's going on with his MRI. Considering that that we're on to our third and fourth uh, running backs, I think that this is going to be a really low scoring, boring affair. I I, I see this game Probably going down something like seventeen to ten. If I really had to guess, uh, I still think that the Browns have enough talent to to pull it out. So I'm going to take the Browns going seventeen to ten.
1: Seventeen to ten, very low scoring. Okay, very low it. scoring. You, you can see it.
0: I, I that low scoring I can see because I don't know which of these teams are really able. To yeah, points that's to true. Score. I don't.
1: Who's playing quarterback for the Browns on Thursday?
0: I, <laughs> we don't. We will know. And for
1: that's the thing, we will not know. Yeah. Until, so we might not know until the start of the game. Safe pick. I'm going Browns twenty-four. Denver twenty.
2: I think that's. I think that's fair. I mean, I. I just don't know even against the Broncos what this what this defense can do. So, I'm. I'm sorry to say, I'm going Broncos thirty. Browns twenty. Uh, you know until whoa uh, uh, until. I mean, unless I see something dramatically different, you know, dr- dramatically, Tyler, dramatically different on Thursday, I might feel uh, comfortable about the Steelers game. But that's how I feel right now.
1: All right, Tyler, mute him, and then let's get on with this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Zach, I'm glad Pete actually said that because uh, it God. sets the stage for what I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Uh, right now. We're, this team is dealing with so much, and I'm going to say really, it's going to come down to who can actually play on Thursday night. And as of right now, uh, there's a chance here without wide receiver one, wide receiver two, QB one, running back one, running back two, left tackle <laughs> one, right tackle one. Uh dude, I, it's bad I can't, man. I, I can't say at this point that I think the Browns are going to win this game. I think the Broncos even though they're battling injuries, they still they're more healthy on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think this will be high scoring. I do think the Broncos See, are going to win. This is when our defense
1: needs and, to step up, man. And that's the other thing. I'm not confident they will. Yeah, there. I'm not confident in our defense. So maybe you guys are right. I don't know, but I'm I got to choose the Browns in this one. I think the Browns can pull it off. No, and
0: that's and that's fair. I unfortunately I just have to I have to go a different way here. I have uh. Broncos, tw- I have the Broncos twenty, and I have the Browns. I have the Broncos twenty and the Browns at ten. Uh, I don't Ooh. think it's going to be a good performance, and I think the Browns are going to get booed out of that building Thursday night. <sighs> oh man, the music. Yep, it's very fitting. So I, I just. There's just so far to go right now with this team. Now, after the 10 days and we are able to get some guys more healthy, I'll actually feel more confident once we get guys healthy. But right now, I don't even know who's going to play Thursday night to where I can oh. even go in
1: and say that we have the advantage. You've got to be kidding me. 10 points? Yeah. 10 points. Dude, the Broncos have more talent on offense right now than we do. We have everybody, hurt, and I literally mean everybody. Dude, you might as well just play taps until we're done, Pete. <laughs> 10 points, Tyler? Yeah, 20 to 10. Hey, man, I want to be wrong.
0: I, <laughs> se- I said that when we, when we played the Chargers, and I predicted the Chargers would win. I want to be wrong. But at this point, I don't know how you can confidently predict that the Browns <laughs> are going to win on Thursday night when you're missing every when you're possibly missing everybody i just mentioned not to mention the guys on defense that you're potentially missing due to injury
1: i never said i was confident
0: right now now if i knew some of these guys were for sure playing Thursday night that probably would change my pick but right now when your entire offense is injured i i don't think our backup offense is better than their starting offense and their defense is actually very solid so and James Hudson at my right tackle position doesn't make me feel any com- like any load of confidence whatsoever. Yeah.
1: he. Uh,
0: you need to go yeah. out and sign Russell Acoon.
2: Okay. <laughs> so, so, so with that, let's go around the league. <laughs> like-
0: wait, wait, yeah. Yeah, we're we're going to go around the league here and finish out just with scores from around the NFL. Uh, Tampa Bay beat Philadelphia 28 to 22 on Thursday night football. The Steelers in overtime beat the Geno led Seattle Seahawks. And Steelers fans think they have an elite team after that win. Um, after, as they go to three and three, they win twenty three to twenty. Jacksonville, Urban Meyer gets his first win as an NFL head coach, and Jacksonville proves that they need to move to London to have success as they beat yeah. the Dolphins twenty three to twenty in London. Good performance by Jacksonville there to get their first win of the season and probably their last. Uh, the Green Bay Packers beat the Bears twenty four to fourteen. Cincinnati uh, goes into Detroit. Destroys the Lions 34-11. Lions go to 0-6. The Colts beat the Texans 31-3. Rams beat the Giants 38-11. Chiefs beat the Washington football team 31-13. Vikings beat the Panthers in overtime 34-28. Man, we briefly touched on it. The Ravens destroyed the Chargers 34-6. The Raiders beat the Broncos 34-24. And to round it out. The Cowboys, in overtime, won at Foxborough against the Patriots, 35-29. to 29. So that's the scoreboard around the NFL for the week. Remember, Thursday night football, Broncos travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns. That will be on NFL Network.
1: Tyler said the Browns are going to score 10 points Thursday.
0: Hey, dude, feel free. You can remind people all day long. Like I said, I want to be wrong. <laughs> no, I'm, dude, I, I'll come on here and admit. I'll admit it every time. I love being wrong.
1: Yeah, I'd rather you be wrong about that, I guess. Yeah.
0: I want to be wrong too instead of crying, <laughs> uh, instead of possibly crying that night. Uh, no
2: taps next week. No taps next week. Yeah,
0: <laughs> please. <laughs> and be sure to listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and give us that five star review. We are also on iHeartRadio. Be sure to follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FD Podcast CLE. We are also part of of the Couch Guy Sports Network, so be sure to tune in on the website as well. Click the Feeling Dangerous podcast link, and pretty soon in the coming weeks we'll have um, lots of Browns content coming for you guys to enjoy. And if you need the best in replacement windows, call Jack Scott at Renewal by Anderson. They have been Ohio's replacement window experts for over 117 years. Call Jack today for a free consultation at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. We're the Feeling Dangerous Podcast, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you for tuning in.
2: Copyright notice, Mockingbird, Instrumental by Eminem. Copyright 2004 by Sony ATV Publishing.
0: When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous.